Welcome back, folks. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh, and we're here to give you episode four in the Ahsoka series here today. Had some really great episodes to start us off in this series. Episode one and two were fire. Episode three, a little slower, but still great for the plot line, and it culminates into a really uh, big episode here today. So I, I was the one that took us through last week. I'm going to turn the floor over to Chase to say a few words first, but he will be guiding us through this episode. So... Jason, man, any any uh, starting and beginning words before we dive into this bad boy? Just gets better and better, man. Climbing up the hill. Climbing up that hill. <laughs> Let's get it going, man. Awesome, dude. Drinks in the air. Here's to episode four. Go ahead and take us away when you're ready. Cheers. Okay, so the episode starts out here uh, on this episode here. So we have Sabine and we have Huang is how do you say is the droid's name Huang? Uh, it's Hu Yang. It's H U Y A N G. Excellent. Yeah. So they're trying to send this distress signal, and uh, with Ahsoka there, and the converters offline. So they're trying to get that back online. And Ahsoka is telling Sabine that the enemy has the map, and she fears that they're going to have to make the difficult decision that they will not have to go after finding Ezra and they don't know where he is but they're they're risking the return of Thrawn at this point and we see the camera zoom out for a minute and we see there is this droid watching the group from the distance and then we cut over to Shin Hati and Balin Skull and they have located the Jedi ship which we know of our heroes here and Balin tells Shen Hati to delay them and buy them some time. And Morgan is with the group and says, is that fear I sense in your voice, referring to Balin's skull? And he says, experience. And one thing I really like about this guy is, you know, he always is thinking from an intellectual perspective and he never overestimates, uh, underestimates his enemies for sure. So Ahsoka is telling Sabine she's worried and reminds Sabine that she needs to put her personal feelings for Ezra aside. And the droid, Hu Yang, uh, he is attacked as he's uh, from this observing uh, force on the outside. And, uh, and then at this point, we have soldiers that are coming in. And then Ahsoka and Sabine notice that there's a power outage that's caused by the fight from Hu Yang that's outside trying to hold down his own. And Sabine, Sabine comes down and shoots them down, you know, with her Mandalorian armor style. And Ahsoka cuts them down. You know, they're no contest. But now we have a big issue because then Ahsoka tells Hu Yang to make the transmitter a priority because they need to contact Hera ASAP. And then Hera, at this point, on we cut over to her. And she heads off with X-Wing fighters to try to rescue Ahsoka. And this is a pretty cool um, head nod to the Mandalorian because with her is Carson. Uh, remember Carson from the Mandalorian? So he is actually with her in these X-Wing fighters. And then Ahsoka and Sabine encounter Shin Hati and Marek in the forest. And showdown's about to happen. And then Ahsoka goes one-on-one -on -one with Marek. And Marek, this is badass, lights both the ends of his saber, like we've seen before, Darth Maul style, and then uh, begins to attack Ahsoka. And then Sabine charges at Shin Hati, a big full circle moment here to like the first episode that we saw, firing lasers at her, but gets her helmet knocked off as she's dodging an attack from Shin Hati that cuts down a tree. And then Sabine eventually takes out her lightsaber and then the two engage. So Marek at this point initiates the spin on his lightsaber, which goes like a fan. And as Sabine continues to get pushed back by Shin Hati, she's having trouble holding her own until she does withhold the sixth strike and then they engage in a standoff. Marek rushes at Ahsoka and attempts to strike, but Ahsoka slices Marek through the chest and he drops to his knees and bursts into ashes. And that was wild because I don't know. Is he like human? What was up with that? That was, he pulled a Thanos, man. Or, or I guess, you know, according to the films, Voldemort style. What was up with that, man? 
Yeah, I've got no idea. I had the same question. It was cool, the whole slow-mo. You see the, the strike across the chest there, and it holds the position for a while. And then, like, like you said, it just turns into dust. And I don't know, man. That was really strange. I, I got nothing as to what the heck that was all about. I, I don't know what his species is. Um, yeah, no. It threw me for a loop there. I didn't know that this was uh, Star Wars Marvel here. But, uh, yeah, guess uh, guess that's what we got. <laughs> It reminded me of Mortal Kombat, but instead of fatality, it was like cremation. Ahsoka wins. <laughs> Anyways, so at this point, so Shin Hati looks at the group and like she realizes, you know, she probably can't really take them both on at the same time and just goes, you'll regret this decision. And then we're cutting back to Morgan and Balin's skull. And Morgan tells Balin to protect the map until she calls for his aid and she will prepare for their departure. And Ahsoka arrives. Oh, I called it the sacred grounds. We've seen it before in the previous episodes. But Balin's skull is awaiting her arrival. And Balin's skull mentions to Ahsoka that Anakin spoke highly of Ahsoka. And everyone in the Order knew of him. And Ahsoka tells Balin that she is not there to discuss her past. And then begins to light her lightsaber. And Balin ignites his, and then the two stand off, and Balin charges at her. And using his strength, he's striking down at Ahsoka. And I counted, she deflected 12 blows from him, of him using his full force, striking at her. And Ahsoka drives toward Balin, trying to push back after uh, delivering, trying to deliver a couple of blows. But Balin uses the force to throw pieces of rock around the setting, and it pushes Ahsoka back as he's running towards the map. And then Balin strikes as Ahsoka dodges with this aerial acrobatics. It was really fun to watch. You had these like cartwheels and everything going on. And then Shin Hati shows up. Well, Shin Hati is driving Sabine back as we cut over to her. And she kicks down uh, and kicks down Sabine. And Sabine is using her force to push her lightsaber out of her hand. Um, and uh, Balin strikes at Ahsoka and then deflects the blow, holding at a standstill. So they're basically caught in this standstill here. Well, real quick on that. So when Sabine attempted to use the Force and Shinatili kind of flinched because she thought something was coming, but nothing happened. And that's why Shinatili is like, you have no power. So she ended up shooting the lightsaber out of her hand with a blaster. It wasn't the Force, because Sabine still, oh, okay. still wasn't able to use the Force just yet there. So just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, man, I'll, I'll let you get back to, to our boy Balin Skull and uh, Ahsoka having this little standoff. Great point. A great point is Sabine's still getting her ass kicked is, is what's going down. <laughs> so anyways, back to Balin here. And, um, you know, Balin is kind of... The dialogue here is pretty cool. They were kind of going back and forth, and... And Balin was saying, you know, your legacy is like your master's. It's going to lead to your death and destruction. And then Ahsoka sidekicks kicks him and runs towards the center of the area to try to grab the mat. But as she grabs it, it burns in her hands and it forces her to scream and drop it. And then Sabine shows up and is holding her laser gun on her arm uh, towards uh, Shin Hati. But she throws a smoke bomb and escapes so Shin Hati uh, gets out of there and then Balin at this point back over to him he charges Ahsoka with a downward striking force and Ahsoka as far as lightsaber goes not using the force and Ahsoka is pushed towards the edge of the ruins so she's getting backed up towards the cliff and Shin Hati arrives at the grounds where Balin and Ahsoka are and Balin is commanding her to grab the map while he's caught in this entanglement with Ahsoka. And Ahsoka is using the force, uses the force to throw Shin Hati against the rocks, and she collapses. But Balin keeps shoving Ahsoka back off towards the cliff, and Ahsoka attempts to try to keep holding him back. And Balin says, it didn't have to come to this, but you know no other way. And Sabine behind them it arrives and holds a blaster to the map, and Ahsoka is shouting to destroy it. And Ahsoka continues to try to hold Balin back with the force, but Balin uppercuts his lightsaber, and Ahsoka falls off the edge. Sabine is firing 10 shots at Balin, and he blocks all of them 
with his lightsaber. And then Sabine holds the gun to the map. And Balin retracts his saber. And everything slows down. And Balin says, you should do as your master says. Destroy it. She would have done it. But you're not like her, though, are you? I know you feel that Ezra Bridget is the only family you have left. I know that's what's holding you back. Your family died on Mandalore because your master didn't trust you. Sabine, you and I share a common goal to make this journey. You to be reunited with your long-lost friend and I to serve a greater good. Come with me willingly, and I will give you my word, and no harm will come to you. Sabine, you will be reunited with your friend. It's the only way to do it for Ezra. And then Sabine hands Balin's skull the map, and eventually gives in. And Shin Hati uh, begins to force choke her, and Balin orders Shin to stop. And Balin says, I gave her my word, and unlike her former master, I shall keep mine. And Balin turns the map back on, and Morgan gets notified that the map is on, and they can find a hyperspace route to go get Thrawn. And Morgan orders his ship to retrieve Balin. Hera then makes contact with Huang, the droid, and he informs them about the enemy. And Hera tells the X-Wing fighters to block their path. Balin uses his lightsaber to stab through the map and cut it in half so no one can follow them. And then Balin and Shin Hati arrive to Morgan with Sabine as prisoner. And Sabine notices Hera, and Morgan orders to ignore them and engage in hyperdrive. Morgan jumps into hyperdrive with everyone on the ship, destroying several X-Wing fighters and escapes Hera. And then Hu Yang uh, can't get into contact with Sabine or Ahsoka. And then Ahsoka wakes up and is in a dark room surrounded by these blue lights. And she hears a very familiar voice to us as an audience. And it says... The voice says, I didn't expect to see you so soon. And then Ahsoka turns around, and it's Anakin fucking Skywalker. Let's fucking go. Episode closes out. What are your takeaways for that episode? It's an awesome episode. You know, I thought it was great with episode one. Episode two followed really strongly behind it. Three, like we said, you know, it's good for the plot, but a little bit on the slower side action-wise. This this has had a little bit of everything. We got... You know, we, the, all the action you could ask for basically starts off the robots start, you know, doing the rumble robot thing going on. And then from there, you got Shinati showing up. You had uh, the, the ghost guy there. <laughs> His fucking name is. And, you know, so you got some one on ones there. Then, you know, the, the real showdown that we were really looking forward to when this whole thing started, it kicked off where we knew the, the two most powerful, at least it seemed the two most powerful in the series at this point was going to be Ahsoka and Balan Skull. And we were curious how that fight would go. We got a sick fight between those two as well. Got some questions on it, and I'll bring them up kind of more towards debate time. Uh, you know, the, the map ended up being completed. We got the, the bad guys got the coordinates of Thrawn, so that we got this huge problem that we've got to deal with. Uh, the map's destroyed, so how the hell are we going to follow it? That you know, Ahsoka Tano got knocked off the fucking <laughs> the, the cliff there. She's crashed into <laughs> the damn waters, and you know she wakes up in uh, this sort of like weird state. And like you say, we, we get an appearance of Hayden Christensen as, as Anakin Skywalker. It looks fucking cool, man. It was one of the best moments that we've seen in a in one of these spinoff series in in quite some time. I I thought the episode w- was really good. You know, it, it was more focused on like the action side of stuff. And, and like you said, too, there were those little like small snippets of who we get to get a deeper dive into the psyche of some of these characters. Like Morgan Ellis was almost not taunting Balin School, but like curious, like, well, Balin, you say you're so powerful, but you know, you have this like hint of fear in your voice. He's like, it's not fear. It's like experience. Like I know what to do. I know what I'm dealing with. Like I literally was a Jedi. I've dealt <laughs> with these fuckers before. They're not an easy like foe. Like it's going to be annoying. It's going to be a tough fucking like, struggle. I'm just saying, I'm like, we're gonna prepare for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not. He's like you said, you put it perfectly. He never underestimates his opponent, which is great. So and then from there, like you also mentioned, Sabine, she's starting to get a little better. Her fight this time with Shinati was a little bit closer than it was in Episode One, but still, you know, she's still not getting the job quite done. She was able to disarm her, and then Shinati had to use some smoke screen to get out of there. Like her name was Ghastly in Pokemon, you know, hit that smoke screen real quick and and dip the fuck out. But you know, she ends up showing up. I thought it was really cool, too, when they started that fight, when Shinatia arrived. 
And Ahsoka like, thought that uh, Sabine might have been killed, and she uses the force and throws her against the rocks like she was a sack of like, potatoes, bro. That, that was fucking dope. But uh, yeah, man, the, the whole episode was, was sick. And then you know you just kind of leave the episode of like, well, what's going on? Like we got Anakin Skywalker showing up as how he appeared in Revenge of the Sith. He looks almost exactly the same. You got the bad guy, like Sabine, decides to go with them, and you're not. What you're wondering, like, shoot, what's going on? And what kind of choice is she making? Because she was having that discussion with Ahsoka, where Ahsoka's like, you're gonna have to make, you might have to make the choice of putting your own personal feelings aside and doing what's right and making sure no one can get to the Thrawn and and where Ezra Bridger might be. And she was like, had the the map in her hand with the blaster point right at, it. could have destroyed it, and she chose not to. You know, so we're gonna see what kind of consequences come of that but overall i thought the episode was pretty fucking good man it was fun it was exciting it was entertaining uh we got to see some really cool action and really so up to this point it might have been the best episode of the series like i said to this point i i really really did enjoy it uh you know i'm not the biggest on over complimenting something but i just think there wasn't a whole lot wrong that i found in this episode it wasn't like glaring plot holes that made me question uh, what the hell are they doing? You know, so uh, there was maybe a thing or two there where I'm just like, really? I don't know about that. Uh, but again, like I said, overall, if I take it in, in a vacuum, it's a really good episode. And I really enjoyed it. And like I said, it may have been the best one to date, you know, up and through episode one, two, three here at number four. It might have been the best episode so far. So, yeah, man, that those are my takeaways on it. I couldn't, can't really say too much uh, negative or, or, or that I found a whole lot wrong. Yeah, episode four here was, was pretty badass. It was fucking awesome, man. Like, I mean, I always say this, too. Like, you can have a simple plot point for an episode, and it'd just be great. Like, it'd be fucking awesome. And that's exactly what it was. Like, you had the action. You had kind of that full circle moment fight with Sabine that you were waiting for her to... She didn't really get revenge, but at least kind of held her own. And one thing that really spoke out to me, just like we already said, is Balin's skull really stood out to me. And... This is the first time we've really seen it. And you don't even really know if we've seen his full strength and potential. But this is really the first time we've seen him, like, actually use his force. Like, his is a meaning force by ability and actually try in combat is what I would say. And it was fucking awesome to see. You can tell this guy's no fucking pushover. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was great. And, uh, yeah, it definitely left a lot of questions and definitely, uh, I thought it was awesome. The cliffhanger we get left on for next episode that you'll take us through. So yeah, man, uh, what debates did you have for the day? So I've got two debates for the day and they both have to deal with the battle between Ahsoka and Balin Skull. The first part of it, and then we're going to discuss it first, then I'll, I'll, I'll go into the next part. The first part is this is like, Ahsoka Tano is well known for using two lightsabers in battle, using her, like, pulling them both out at the same time and just being a badass. Why the heck did she not use both sabers when she was fighting Balin Skull? She just used the one, and, you know, if you're going to take a, another Jedi, a more skilled and experienced Jedi on one-on-one, you would try to utilize all the advantages that you probably could find like that's that would be like you know, like my objective is to take this person out as efficiently as possible so i can destroy this map so that way you guys can't find thrawn right so my point is is like they just went uh, even even odds basically you know one man one lightsaber one woman one lightsaber and just went head head there i just don't get why she didn't use her full potential of utilizing both that's her strength that's something that she that differentiates her from other jedis is her ability to wield two sabers simultaneously and be proficient at it and not even to pr- proficient like an, an expert so my question to you is why didn't she utilize her advantages I almost wonder, my thought is she was focused too much on not trying to sit there and dance with Balin's skull, and I think she was focused on the map. And with so much going on, I mean, it can easily distract you when you're trying to really reach an objective. But I think it's kind of like how Tony Stark said, you know, when he was telling the Guardians and... Uh, everyone, you know, 
Spider-Man and everyone when Thanos was coming on that planet for him. Like, we're not trying to dance with this guy. We're just trying to get the glove off. Well, same thing. I think she was just trying to get the map. So, And also, keep in mind, I I mean, from what we've seen here, uh, at least to my knowledge, she's never really had to encounter Balin's skull before. So I don't think she really knew what she was getting into. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Besides Marek, who else has she really had to fight? And I really doubt Marek would stand a chance against Balin's skull. I mean, there's a reason he's the leader of that group there. And I think she uh, didn't really know what she was getting into. So I think when you're in a fight like that, it was just kind of like a dog fight to her, honestly. I mean, I don't think that even crossed her mind because one end, she's still trying to keep the map on her mind to get to it. But she's met with such a force. I mean, we saw how she got her ass thrown off that fucking cliff like Mufasa there. <laughs> long, long live Ahsoka, man. <laughs> and got her ass thrown off. And I, I mean, look at it. She was, I mean, rarely have we ever seen Ahsoka in a vulnerable position. And she was pretty fucking vulnerable. She all she had, she was literally using the force to push his lightsaber back. I and we saw the kind of strength that's the word I'm looking for strength that Balin Skull had and he was knocking her back throughout that fight and you could almost sit here and wonder was he really using everything he had and I really feel like he wasn't using everything he had like I feel like if we were getting Balin Skull in a dog fight I feel like we'd see a lot more than that and I mean I mean, and she just basically got knocked down to nothing. So I would say, you know, when you're in a fight like that, I think she got, she underestimated her opponent. She didn't realize who would be there. And I think she had too much on her mind to even think about it. But, you know, Anakin Skywalker, you know, he wouldn't give a fuck. He would have used both of those. We saw that shit happen. What about you, Jay Nelly? It's hard because I, I can't think of a, a, a reason that makes sense logically of why you wouldn't utilize both because it's not as if having the lightsaber the secondary lightsaber in her hand was going to hinder her ability to utilize a force because we saw on screen when shinati came to the the, the scene of, of them battling and she realized that sabine was with them she she threw sabine with the hand that had the saber in it like, like the force she forced through <laughs> her with the hand that had the saber so it's just confusing as to you have a speed advantage for sure. He's older, he's bigger, you're smaller, you're younger, you're lighter. So you have a speed advantage and utilizing that with two sabers seems to be an advantage that would benefit you in a combat like that against somebody along those lines. I think Anakin would have been very disappointed by these battle tactics. You know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that <laughs> next week. But, uh, you know, he obviously, guys, we, we already know that Anakin's the one who trained Ahsoka Tano. So it just, to me, it was a shock that someone regarded as highly as her just didn't, you almost didn't utilize her full potential. Like you said, I will say, I may agree with a point that you made. She might have had a lot on her mind of like trying to make sure that the map was destroyed versus trying to defeat this guy in combat and that that was her main goal and objective. And so she was just trying, maybe she was trying to get him out of the way to, to complete that objective and then kind of deal with it from there. But at that point, I think, you know, we run into the whole question of maybe she's not as skilled as she's you know made out to be. Maybe her ability to uh, thrive under a pressure that she hasn't felt before isn't as strong as what like we've made it seem in the past. And a lot of that is what we had talked about a few weeks ago of her adversaries. Yeah, she might look good against the B squad, but when you bring in the A team, you know, I don't know <laughs> if, if she rises to the occasion. I think you asked me a couple weeks ago if I would rank Ahsoka in the top whatever 10 jedis of all time and i'm like bro i don't even know if she makes it to the middle i think she's like maybe a little above average and i don't think it's necessarily her fault maybe if she had higher opposition and i think maybe as this series goes on she will end up defeating him as it is but where we stand here today 
she just might not be what we think she is, what people view her as just because I don't want to discredit her her resume, so to speak, but really she may have benefited from people knowing that Anakin Skywalker trained her. So they already went in with like a level of fear, not, I want to say fear, but maybe a little reservation. So maybe she had like a mental advantage over a lot of her previous opponents and, and things that she had overcome because they're like, Oh shit, that's Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but I think the best way I can, I can say is that, she just went with a bad battle plan. She went in without really thinking the situation through. And if she had utilized her second saber, maybe things would have been different. Uh, maybe she could have held some things off. And like, it's just hard to say because it, it didn't happen, right? We, we, we saw what did happen. And what happened is Daddy Skull knocked her ass off the fucking ledge. That's what, <laughs> that's what really happened. So that at the end of the day, uh, we, could, we could go through the semantics of, of it all. But maybe she just really isn't skilled enough to defeat him at this point in her life uh, you know, in her I don't want to say career as a Jedi because I don't know it's not necessarily a job but like uh, maybe at, th- at this point in this stage uh, of her uh, abilities she's just not there and that's not a knock on her because you know this guy Balin Skull from what we know about him and it's not much to this point but what we do know this guy was one of the the, the Jedi that trained at the original temple has all the advantages Ahsoka never completed her training she walked away from Anakin Skywalker so it's like I don't blame her for not being able to compete with this guy but I just wanted I wanted to know like what in the hell possessed her to try to she, it's almost like she played his game, right? His game was one saber, like power. I'm like, like I'm just gonna use. I'm gonna overpower you with my skill and, and my force. And she was just like, okay, well, let me see if I can match that. Versus, well, I don't want to play your game. I'm gonna draw you into my game where I excel. So I think she just went into it with a bad battle plan, and she got sucked into playing his game, and it backfired. And that's the, the best I can say on, on that part. What do you think about that? Yeah, it just brought up, you brought up a good point that made me think, though. Like, think about, I I guess we can call them the bad guys, whoever they are, right? Our antagonists here. Think of all the research they've done about their opponents. Like, we've talked about Balin Skull doesn't underestimate his opponents. Like, he's informed Morgan about Ahsoka and knows she's a Jedi. We know who's coming after him, that sort of thing. What fucking work has Ahsoka done to research any people she's going up against? Like, she's just, like, fucking run in there. Like, I mean, we talk about underestimating and overestimating. I think what's clearly happened here is you have one group that has not underestimated and one group that has underestimated. Even if you go into, you know, they landed on that planet and got ambushed. Okay, they were taken aback there, right? Well, they still followed him into the fucking forest and they're just charging in there. You think there's not going to be traps set or anything? So then she runs into Marek, who's like, I guess you can. I don't know who I'd probably rank higher between him and Shin T, but he's definitely no Balin Skull. And she was having to use everything she had in acrobatics to beat him with the spin slice <laughs> to have them turn into dust man and i think to your point and i don't want to interrupt you but i just want to uh, add on top of that when you bring up merrick we saw in episode fucking two she had a hard time beating him then she had a hard time beating merrick in episode two who was like the third ranked on the pole like it goes balen skull shinati and uh fucking merrick there Yes, I didn't. I didn't add Morgan Elizabeth. Like I'm just talking about, about the ones that are wielding the lightsabers is basically what I where I'm drawing the line at, of comparisons. But dude, Merrick's like ranked number three there, <laughs> and she's having a difficult time against him in episode two, and she had to really kind of pull out a few stops to make sure she got him here in episode four. It's just like, and what's crazy, and I'm that's what this is what really gets me pumped for next week. So that's another one you'll definitely want to tune in on. But it's like, for the potential she should have, for the connection she's made in life, she should be a lot higher than she is as far as, well, I mean, not like higher in ranking or anything. I mean, as far as like making the mistakes she's making on the battlefield, this shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be considered, honestly, because, which I think we'll go more into that next week, but it's just the fact of mentally i'm talking about the intellectual game like strength is one thing 
But I think Yoda always fucking proved this. He went up against fucking Palpatine, and he's like the smallest motherfucker motherfucker on the planet, and he still held his fucking own. Like, I mean, it's the fact of the matter of, like Yoda says, judge you not by my size. <laughs> you know, it's not about strength. It's about the mental game you go into this. And what fucking planning has she ever done on any of this? None. She fucking left Sabine there to get attacked by Shin Hattin in episode one. Did no research. She won't put aside her emotional standpoints on things. They're still struggling on that. Where any normal Jedi master would know, you know, this isn't about personal vendettas. This is about coming up with a plan to what's the best solution to everything. And it's like, uh, from the Jedi intellectual game and what's going to give you the best solution for everything. It's like kind of like she's just flying by the seat of her pants. And full circle here, she just charged off into the forest just to get met with literally Merrick's bandsaw. <laughs> like my buddy Jay Nelly over here, you know, beat my ass in fantasy football and said, ran into a bandsaw. And that's what Ahsoka did because she gets past Merrick doing everything she can <laughs> and she doesn't think daddy Balin is gonna be waiting on the other end they expected you to get they really were hoping you would get passionate Shinati and Merrick that was the bonds man they put that in the front just to have fun and see what they were dealing with they expected you to get past that and you barely got past the pawns and couldn't even couldn't even get past the bishop like because you're not preparing mentally that's my thoughts what do you think yeah it was just one of those things where I think it was more of a a lapse in judgment it was uh yeah I don't think and maybe that's not her strength too you know as I'm thinking about it here maybe maybe battling and fighting isn't her forte and what I, I'll kind of draw and maybe bring back this point next week because there's some things that are said in episode five where uh, you can kind of see maybe Ahsoka doesn't love this aspect of being a Jedi and so I, I don't know I'll, I'll draw comparisons to that next week but maybe it's just really not her forte maybe it's something that she became proficient at and is expected but I don't think battle plans are her thing. I think she kind of just flies by the seat of her pants because we also think about uh, you know episodes down the way. I'm also thinking about all that stuff too. I'm like, man, she never really has a good plan. She just kind of wings shit and tries to make it work. And that's <laughs> fine when your opponents aren't uh, top tier quality Jedi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's fine when you're fighting droids and shit. It's fine when, you know, some of these witches who can't use their full power, get you can, you know, arrest them and that's all cool. But man, when you're facing somebody and, and, and I think you made a good point too. Where was the research? She didn't know anything about this guy and Hu Yang back in episode one pulled him up and like said that it was this individual. She knew nothing about him. She didn't try to get any further in information. She's just like, oh, cool. That's his name. That's awesome. Like, great. But like, I don't know. I just don't think battle plans and and really thinking through strategically how to neutralize your opponent and move forward is her strength. I think maybe empathy is her strength, her ability to be uh, you know skilled enough to hold her own for the most part, and then trying to make the world a better place without as much violence as, as she can. Maybe that's that's her, her, you know, not everyone can be Anakin Skywalker. Not everyone can be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not everyone can be Qui-Gon Jinn, Yoda, Mace Windu. You know, that's why we've got, you know, tiers of Jedi and, you know, the Order existed for a reason. But the thing is, is that it almost seems as if this Star Wars universe has built Ahsoka up to this legendary status that she really hasn't earned yet. And I think that's where, and then when you, when you see things like this, it really shows us that, shoot, maybe she hasn't earned it in, in this sort of sense just yet. And that's not a knock on her. Again, she didn't complete her training. She walked away because she saw what Anakin was becoming and didn't want a part of that. So I'm not saying she doesn't have the ability. I'm simply saying I, don't, I think her deficiencies were shown and we got to see, like, and, and Bayless Skull exploited those weaknesses that she has simply because she doesn't have the knowledge or the skill that she would have if she had completed her training. So that's pretty much the way the way I view it on there. 
Did you have any like final comments on that before I move into my second debate? No, that was just my uh, just to wrap this up on my end was just my personal opinion. I'm feeling right now that you know she's learning a valuable lesson that talent only gets you so far, and yeah, she's very talented. But just like you said, I mean, you can beat the mid tier people. I mean, this what's happening right now is she's getting bit in the ass because we saw in the earlier episodes. Just like with Sabine in the first episode, you know, that droid Sabine couldn't beat was still there hanging out in the house. She took him out in like two blows. She's like, I'm the shit. Okay, yeah, I got this. I got this. Well, now you're going against someone where you haven't got this because you've been going up against, you know, literally, uh, what did they call them? Cargo droids. <laughs> like you're not going to be, you're in the, welcome to the big leagues. Is what I would say. Welcome to the big leagues. You're not in college anymore. And it's time to start. Uh, you got to prepare for the exam before you take it. <laughs> this isn't high school. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Back to you, Jay Nelly. Sounds good, man. To move into the second part of my debate, it also has to deal with this battle. Because there was a moment where Ahsoka had the upper hand. She kicked Balin Skull down to the ground and grabbed the map. That the map was hot and burned her fucking fingers. And again... You know, even Bayless calls like, well, that was unwise. Well, maybe if you had done your fucking research, you'd probably know not to grab a fully functional, some sort of machinery that's in full power. Like, I'm not going to grab a hot charger out of the outlet. You know what I mean, dude? Like, but either way, my, my question is, because again, this is more so, I think, again, a mistake on her part. She just made too many mistakes here. But she did have an advantage at one point in this battle. And when she grabbed the map and it burned her hand and her fingers that's when it kind of the tide turned back and she pretty much lost the advantage that she had and and it ended up the way it ended up do you believe if she just smartly would have been smart like why all you needed to do was destroy the map like sabine was gonna blast it with the blaster why the hell would you grab it you have a lightsaber slice it with the fucking lightsaber that's exactly what balan skull did after they got the coordinates he's with his lightsaber right through it so if you have time to grab that motherfucker why the fuck didn't you just slice that motherfucker with the damn lightsaber to begin with then the map's destroyed you don't have any of this problem but no you had to grab it what, what the fuck were you doing grabbing that thing and and then the, the next part of that, like part B of that is, do we think that if she did slice that map with the lightsaber and did not burn her hand and weaken herself further, do, you, do we think that she actually ends up prevailing in that battle since she had the upper hand at the moment? My thoughts to that, which I have no backing on. This, this is just my personal thoughts on why she didn't. I almost wonder, my thoughts is Ahsoka had actually planned on opening the map herself to see you know where Thrawn was located and if he was actually trying to build a resistance to stop it but when she got stuck in that situation with Balin Skull she basically realized like she was screwed and there's no way they could really risk that and she knew no way in hell Sabine would know what to do so she just told Sabine to destroy it because I think it was kind of one of those moments where it's just like well I'm effed here. I know I'm not going to beat this guy. So, I mean, we just basically have to cut our losses. And if we can destroy it, then at least, yeah, we might not know where Thrawn is, but they can't get to Thrawn. And I think that's what was in her mind versus if she took the map and got out of there, then maybe they could use it to their advantage. But just my thoughts. What about you? I, I like where you're headed with that. I'm just going to tweak it a little bit. I don't necessarily think she wanted the map to find Thrawn necessarily. More so Ezra Bridger. I think that maybe in her mind, she knew how important finding Ezra was to Sabine. So this was her way of trying to make the best of both worlds happen. Of, okay, like I want to you know, make the best of this. I'm going to stop the you know Morgan Elsbeth, Balin Skull, and Shinati from finding Thrawn and, and gathering him and bringing him back as the heir to the empire. And I'm also going to find the location of Ezra Brizard, try to get there quietly, get Ezra and get out. That's the only way I can think of in her mind, why she would want to grab the map versus destroy it. And like you said, when it got to the point where it burned her and she was down and then he ended up taking over and the battle swung back in his favor. And then she realized, well, shit, do we got to destroy this? Cause you know, it's like, uh, that we've got no shot here. But my point is it's like, she even, <coughs> 
she made the whole issue with Sabine about, hey, if it comes down to it and you got to make a choice, you got to put your personal feelings aside and destroy this map, even though it may mean that we'll never find Ezra again. And at least Thrawn won't come back. So she literally went opposite of what she was begging Sabine to do herself, if that wasn't case her mindset. Or maybe she just made a, a really fool's fool's error and tried to grab it because like that was what came to her mind first versus trying to destroy it, which maybe that's what she wanted to do in the first place, and she just went about it wrong. But man, you had a whole ass lightsaber to just slice through that thing. You had the advantage. Balance call was on the ground. You could have absolutely taken that map out of the equation completely, and we wouldn't be in this predicament. Yes. We wouldn't be able to find Ezra Bridger because you don't have the coordinates. But that would have been solved. Like, they couldn't find him either. And that's what you told Sabine you wanted her to do, given that situation. But you couldn't do it yourself. So a little hypocritical there, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, <laughs> that second, my next part of that is like, I don't know. I think in that case, she may have been able to win that battle because I think the hand injury it stopped like her force from being as powerful I think it, it debilitated her. It was painful, obviously. And so she was battling pain and battling someone who was very skilled with a saber. So, you know, without that, and she was doing okay. Like, they both had their moments. But like I said, she had a, a, a slight advantage at one point in time when she kicked him to the ground. And maybe if she had utilized both sabers, got rid of the map the way she should have, and just sliced that motherfucker with the, with the saber and went back to, to battle this guy, we might have a different outcome. I don't know that for a fact, but she was doing okay. Not necessarily whooping his ass or nothing, but definitely holding her own until she tried to grab the map and it burned her hand. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I guess my biggest question is, do you think at full, if she, if she had played everything right from start to finish, if she had done everything by like the best battle plan that she could have put together, that she would have prevailed and she would have defeated Balin Skull. I think she could have defeated Balin Skull if she had properly prepared, but I don't think she knew what she was getting into. I, I think if you destroy the map, it's kind of like cutting your losses. Like, I think it's kind of like, yeah, you don't rescue, rescue Ezra, but it's kind of like being at a casino, right? It's like, you know, you're not necessarily up, but say you've lost $100. You've lost $100. You haven't bet your life savings and lost it all. And basically that's what happened was because she tried to grab it and lit it on fire. She lost it all because her ass got kicked off a cliff. Like, I mean, you know, and we'll see where this goes. But I mean, I, I, I really like where you're coming from there because it brings through a full circle moment there where it's like she said, you know, there are times going to come where you're going to have to pick between Ezra or the map, basically, or doing what we need to do. And you're letting personal feelings get in the way. And if that's the case, she definitely let personal feelings get in the way. But at the same time, I think she still, like when she first walked in there and Balin Skull was there, it was kind of like almost remind me of episode one, you know, when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan encountered Darth Maul. Well, before Qui-Gon went into like that laser room and like really meditated and thought about what he was getting into right before when they were in, you know, I guess you can say the hangar with all the spaceships and you had Anakin that was blasting his way through the droids. They really just thought they were like, we'll handle this. And I think that's what Ahsoka did. She's like, well, fuck, I just took down arguably i'm sure she was thinking i just took down your best fucking guy and then you're old ass man what can you do fucking pops and she comes in there and got met with a fucking bandsaw because she didn't prepare she thought i'm gonna wipe out this guy i got two fucking sabers he can try his best but in the end he's just a fucking mercenary i don't know shit about him he's just spewing shit about my master because he's heard it because my master's a fucking legend and probably did some blackmail fucking research on me so i love shopping not buying the bullshit we're charging in here i'm grabbing the map and we're calling it a day and she got met with a fucking bandsaw and i i think uh i think you're on to something there me personally, I'm still going to stick with my thoughts because the reason why 
is what she's proven to me is she's not intellectual enough to be thinking about personal feelings during a battle <laughs> because she didn't even think that far. My thought is she still just ran over there out of instinct and was like, fuck, I need to get this away from this guy and got fucking burned. <laughs> That's what I think happened. That was like, fuck, I left my noodles on the stove and I'm about to burn the house down. Let me go grab it. And instead of shutting the stove off, she just to grab it when it's on fucking fire. That's what I think really happened. Maybe, like, man. Good, I just, good I, attempt is what I would say. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to say because it just doesn't make sense, especially when it got to the point where Sabine was there, had the blaster, and Ahsoka's like begging her to, to destroy it there. Like, like, if you wanted it destroyed so bad, you very easily could have done it yourself. You had the opportunity... Yes, you fumbled the ball at the one-yard line, and the team got a touchdown on the other end. That's what ended up happening. But, yeah, man, that's all I have for my debates. Let's, let's slide on into yours. Yeah, I got kind of uh, – it's it's interesting. My It's not too detailed. My thoughts is, do you think Balin Skull was using the strength of his full ability against Ahsoka? Or do you think he has – he was really just kind of trying to buy time to let Shin Hati get the map. Do you think there was like another plan in his mind and he was trying to hold off Ahsoka? Or do you think he was using his full force to hold her back? Because if you think about the battle, he was doing a lot of talking, a lot of mind manipulation, and it also bought time for Shin Hati to get there. It didn't last very long because Ahsoka used her force and he was telling her to grab the map and stuff right but do you think maybe there was something else in his mind there maybe he was trying to uh maybe he had other plans to actually try to get sabine to his his advantage or there was another plan at play there so keep in mind that shinati in the map that, that wasn't a direct correlation he just that she ended up being there after the map was on the ground and, and you know the biggest thing was Morgan Elsbeth and her little ship above trying to get the coordinates from where the, the map to where Thrawn is, and we had that that the clicker counting down, and her minion up there said she asked how long, much longer, and the minion told her uh, moments. So for me, it was more along the lines of Balin Skull was trying to just distract her long enough for them to get the coordinates and bounce. I don't think he was using his full potential. I don't think he was trying to actively kill her. Uh, I do think that, you know, when he got... I think he might have thought he killed her when he knocked her off the ledge. But listen, we know Jedi are resilient. I don't know if he fully believed he killed her. But I think he felt he did enough to where it was no longer a threat and they can move on with their day. So to answer your question directly, I do not think that Balin Skull used his full power ability... Uh, or anything of that nature. I think he did enough in his mind to distract them long enough to get the proper coordinates and decided, all right, you've bothered me enough. Get the heck out of here. I'm knocking you off the cliff and we're leaving. So I think that was kind of more along the lines. I don't think he was in that battle to use his full potential. I think he was in it to buy Morgan Elizabeth enough time to get the coordinates they needed so that way he could accomplish his, his uh, overall goal which we'll find out early. No, we never really find out, but we un we understand that there's another goal behind everything for Balin Skull, not just uh, finding Thrawn, but he's got another plan in place with him and Shinati for later on, it, it seems like. So I think it was more along the lines of, all right, we need the map. It's a necessary evil for us to get to the place we need to go. And now that we got the coordinates, I'm tired of this. Get this get this girl out of here <laughs> and then he knocked her off the thing so yeah i don't i don't necessarily think he used maybe three quarters of his ability i don't think he like underestimated ahsoka at all i think he properly prepared for what he thought he was going to face from her and she played right into his hand he's like yeah like i pretty much thought this was going to happen <laughs> just the way it is so yeah i don't think he used his full ability i don't know what do you think yeah, I do agree with you there. I think it was more just to, like you said, kind of buy time uh, in that situation, knowing that, you know, that's where they needed to go. But I do think, like you said, like I think his goal was he knew Ahsoka was tracking them 
And I think it was to basically stop it in his tracks, like nip it in the bud, get it out of here so we don't have to worry about it anymore. So, yeah, I don't think he used his full force. What I would want to ask you about as well that ties into that situation is do you think the fact that he got Sabine to go with them and give him the map, do you think that was an on-the-fly decision or something maybe he planned are planted in his mind like if it comes to something like this if she brings something someone with him do you think i can use maybe a jedi or whoever else is with her because assuming there probably will be or even if it because we know she's not going to go that way but do you think i could use someone to my advantage do you think that ever crossed his mind or that was like an on-the-fly decision i think it was an on-the-fly decision He's very in tune with the Force. We saw that in the previous episodes where he was able to locate their ship just by like like standing still, being calm. And that meditative state that you mentioned Qui-Gon kind of got into before his battle with Maul. And I think that he sensed her frustrations and her fears and her anxieties. And he was able to manipulate that in the moment. I think that he's just very in tune with the Force and he's able to really... Uh, decipher intentions from his opponents and people around him. So when she arrived and he saw that she was hesitating, I think he took a moment, like when I say hesitating, hesitating to destroy the map. I think that he took a moment to try to get a feeling of what it is that she was like deep inside what the biggest fears were. And then when he figured that out, he used that to his advantage and said, Hey, listen, I know that, you believe Ezra Bridger is the only family you have left. If you come with me willingly, like I'll make sure no harm comes to you and I'll do everything in my power to give you the opportunity to find him. And he touched those right chords that allowed Sabine to go maybe against her better judgment, thinking that she may end up seeing her friend again and, and maybe make a plan from there. Like, okay, as long as I can get to Ezra, maybe we can figure something out there. But if I don't take this opportunity now, I'm never going to find him. So I think it was something that he did on the fly because he's so in tune with the force and, and is able to really get inside people. I want to say get inside people's head like a mind reader, but really uh, gauge their intentions and, and play upon their fears and anxieties because he's so uh, well trained and was, was properly trained in the temple uh, for moments like this. So uh, that, that's what I think. I think it was more of an in the moment thing. Yeah, great point. Uh, I think hmm, it really makes me wonder whether he had ever planned something like that on the side to not like planned with specifically her, but hey, maybe that's something I would consider in the moment. But yeah, I, that, that you make a valid point of with him kind of sensing her anxieties. Um, so I'm inclined to gr- agree with you. Do you think he had a sensitive side and felt like, hey, if I take her prisoner, no one will want to kill her here. And maybe I'm doing this for like mercy in my own way. And someone would try to kill her if we just left her on this planet, whether it's like Morgan or something that wouldn't want to be, you know, taking any witnesses for the situation. Do you think it's something like that? No. I don't think he did it out of like a kindness of, of any sort. I feel like he's as weird as it sounds because he's kind of a bad guy. I think he's like an honorable bad guy. He exchanged his word uh, for her. Like if he, if she did this for him, gave him the map, then he, like they, they would be able to accomplish their goal. And so he decided to make a deal of sorts, kind of like, you know, I guess, you think about it. Uh, I'm trying to think of another piece of work that, you know, if someone makes a deal, that's a deal. Maybe Ursula and, and the little mermaid, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, even though he's a bad guy, I think he has some level of honor and he was like, he understands that she would be more used to them. If she believes that she can accomplish her goal of finding someone that she cares deeply about, and that it would almost be easier in the end for Balin Skull, Trinity, Morgan Elizabeth and stuff. If they've got someone that they can almost manipulate to, I want to say like Sabine would ever turn to their side, but it obviously made her pause. 
And it was just, I think it was the best of all options for him because I don't think Balin Skull enjoys killing Jedi or potential Jedi. It, it, he said it in a previous episode. He's like, it's just shame, you know? He's like, because he, I remember Morgan Elspeth like asking, like, like killing Ahsoka Tano. And he's like, yeah, it'd be a shame to kill her. And she's like, oh, is that sentiment? And he's like, no, it's just fact. Like, it'd be like, you know, there's so few of us right. left, you know? So I think it was more along the lines of, look, I, like if she destroys this map, we're fucked. You know, I, I don't I don't think if I offer her something that she wants, it's going to be a big deal because I don't really give a fuck if Ezra Bridger is found or not because he's got his own plan, remember? He's got his own plan. Yeah. So it's like, to him, he doesn't give a shit if Ezra Bridger is found or not. He doesn't even really care about Thrawn all that much. You know, so, yeah. and I think right. in his mind, it's more along the lines of, look, let's just let's come to an agreement that works for both people. You want to find Ezra, I'll help you get to the best spot possible to where you can attempt that. Just don't destroy the map. And, you know, it worked out. So I don't necessarily think it was like a, a mercy thing. I think he's just an honorable guy who gave his word about something to uh, almost draw a, uh, like, a level of understanding between the two of them. It was, it was, it was just like more along those lines because he even said the words like, you know, like, cause Shin and he started choking her from behind thinking that right. it was still a whole thing. And he's like, Hey, Shin release her. Like, you know, her, I, I like, unlike her former master, I intend to keep my word to her and help her do this. So it was almost like an olive branch extending that almost like, let, let's not be enemies. Let's be friends here. Like my goal is not to prevent you from seeing Ezra my goal is to get there because there's something else I need. So I don't give a fuck if you find him or if you don't. But let's work together here and like come up with a solution that works for both of us. And we won't like like I think it was just a way of just you know making sure that his plans didn't fall through because he made the wrong decision and she ends up destroying the map. So that that's what I think on it. Yeah. Uh, no. Good point. And you know what is interesting? And this is kind of out of left field for a minute. But we don't really see Jedi mind tricks anymore. Remember, in like uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, with Ben uh, in the original one, Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, he said like, "These are not the droids you're looking for," or something. <laughs> yeah, and like, what's interesting is like relating it back to this. Like Balin Skull, I imagine he could do Jedi mind tricks. He should have just been like, "Hand me the map." <laughs> but I guess like she's a Jedi too, maybe. So like maybe she's resistant to that. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think he could have done something like that given his experience in the Jedi Temple? I don't know. I feel like maybe it's hard. I, I, I don't want to say that either because that could be an overgeneralization. But it seemed that these mind tricks that the Jedi used and utilized were typically against lower life forms of less intelligence. And I could be wrong. Maybe these that's not necessarily the case, but I think maybe the complexity of a human's brain or a Jedi's brain is a little bit harder to manipulate than maybe some of the other life forms that we saw that used against. That That's my only thought on it. Yeah, no, good idea. That's, uh, yeah, I think, man, this is a tough one for me because in the side of my mind, I want to say, like, Balin because he really gets into the psychological aspect of a battle that he did consider some opportunity of this probably before it was planned if someone was there but i could see it being on an on the fly decision but yeah i don't think he killed her for no witnesses but yeah man that was just my uh thoughts for today you want to close this out yeah sounds like a plan so folks if this is your first time joining us thank you for stopping by we really hope you enjoy what you heard and if you've been here from the very beginning, thank you for continuously building the, shard, the uh, shields that guard the realms of fantasy. If you're looking where you can follow us along uh, on all the social sites, we're on Instagram at official ridiculous Patronus on TikTok at ridiculous Patronus. We've got backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We're on Facebook. We have a fan page there. It's chase and Josh factor fantasy. We're on YouTube at ridiculous Patronus. We're on Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy, Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy, and we do have our own website as well, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. So be sure to check those sites out, follow along, subscribe, click like. Uh, any sort of audience engagement we get really does help out the show. So please leave reviews and those star ratings on uh, the, the forms where you can, where 
you know, you can find our podcast pretty much anywhere that you do get your podcast. So if you are an Apple user, you can leave those five, you can leave those written reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, you know, we do get those star ratings from Spotify. So please utilize those options, guys. And if you want to follow us along, uh, we are also on iHeartRadio. We're on Acast. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podbean. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Audible. We're anywhere you get your podcasts. Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. We are out for the day because this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing Signing off. off.